in those moments of, you know, you know, those days, something's over, you know, overflowing on the stove. The dog won't stop barking. The two kids are in the corner of the room fighting. Somebody else has just wet their pants and the phone is ringing. And, <laughs> and it's like, you're just so <laughs> overwhelmed and you can just feel the stress rising. And oftentimes that can lead to the temptation to yell or to parent inappropriately um, just to get things to settle down. And instead, what we were able to do in our home through a lot of time and a lot of prayer and a lot of learning was to establish it so that I already know what I need to do in those moments. The kids know what I'm going to do. I can calmly say, everyone, please come to the front door. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and ambassador of encouragement. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own. I wish we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? Life can be tough. Storms in life are inevitable. In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support and provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to another episode of Anchors of Encouragement. Today, I have a special guest I'm excited to bring to you. She is my neighbor from Washington, D.C., Katie Keene. She is also, as I like to call her, my pod sister. We were in a mastermind for podcasting, and I was the only guy in the group. Katie and the other ladies made me feel really welcome to be there. Katie is the host of the top 1% globally rated podcast, Her Home and Heart and host to a community of beautiful families on the journey to peace at home and generational family success. Her mission is simple, to ensure that no family ever breaks apart or destroys their relationships because they simply didn't know how simple it is to create a solid, peaceful, and joyful family foundation at home. Katie is most passionate about helping families create strong bonds and deep roots so parents don't wake up one day to regret and broken relationships, but rather find themselves living the life they dreamed of creating. You can learn more about how Katie teaches moms to build and run a successful and joyful home ecosystem at herhomeandheart.net forward slash coaching. That link will be in the show notes. I'm excited for you to hear Katie's story. I believe you will learn how to navigate some of the challenges parenting a special needs child presents. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Tim. It's such an honor to be here. And I'm so glad you were in our mastermind. (laughs) You added so much. It was fantastic. We had a lot of good times there. It was, we learned a lot. We're still learning, but uh, we have some, we have podcasts that really are trying to help people. And so uh, I know that's something that uh, you're trying to do. And uh, I really applaud you and your husband for uh, sharing your information 
as we get started with this conversation, it's, this is going to be conversation. There's nothing really structured to it other than the fact that I want to begin this, if you could, sharing what you feel comfortable about sharing about your family. And I was under the impression you had one special needs child, but you have more than one. What, whatever you feel comfortable about, just kind of share your backstory for us, please. Sure. I'd love to. Um, so I have five children. My husband was in the military. So as we were dealing with many of the special needs, we were actually also moving around and um, we both never expected that we would have children with challenges. We didn't have that in our backgrounds and in our families. So, but we always had tender hearts towards people with disabilities growing up when we were children. So I suppose it's no surprise God picked us. I don't know. <laughs> so um, we actually began our special needs journey 19 years ago. Our firstborn had a stroke during birth. And so we were immediately launched into parenthood in over our heads, not knowing if our child was going to be okay. And um, immediately having to learn to really surrender and rely on God. And from there, throughout the five children, we've had varying degrees of special needs, including one of my children who is profoundly disabled, uh, surprisingly, not my oldest. He is actually okay. Um, despite a lot of concern and therapy and fear and a lot of, you know, just surrendering him, but, um, we still live a very intense day to day, a lot of surrendering, um, with my son's healthcare, the one that is profoundly disabled at this point, and then supporting the other children in the needs that they have. So it's still very intense. We're actively in this still. And on top of all that, you're a homeschooler too, correct? Yes, we do. We homeschool. You're taking a lot on your plate with with all the other challenges. Since you've been in the trenches with this, and that's one of the things I talk about with adoptive parents, you know, we're in the trenches. What are some of the things, some of the challenges that you've faced over the years? Sure. Well, you know, a lot of the things that we've faced, um, we've seen other families face as well. And some have done beautifully and others have not. We've seen a lot of, in the community of special needs families, divorce. We've seen a lot of sickness, um, the parents becoming sick because of burnout and exhaustion. We've seen a lot of siblings who have become bitter. We've seen just a whole host of things because the stress level, the financial toll, the therapies, the emotional grieving. We've seen a lot of that. And so we ourselves have had to combat a lot of those issues, the same stress stressors. You know, we've had to really beg the Lord and plead with him. Like, how do we get through this so that we don't end up in the same position that many families find themselves, which is broken. And, um, the Lord has graciously placed people in our lives to show us things. He has um, given us information that we have been able to, to use most of the time poorly, but eventually we catch on and, you know, have created in our home systems for ourselves that have supported Steve and I, um, and our children. Well, you mentioned something interesting there, systems that you've created. What, what are some of those systems that you have found work for you? Because again, I know I know families that have adopted special needs children, and maybe they haven't gotten to that point where they need those systems, but uh, what are some of those systems you've created? 
short. Well, one of them, um, which is not the first one that we go to, but one that's very easy to explain is actually that we've created a family government. And it's something that has been a safety net for Steve and I, because essentially all that that is, is pre done, pre-decided intentional parenting methods and rules of the house that we've then taught to the children, worked through in a positive manner with the children, slowly supporting them, and then had it become our family way of life. So, you know, we have, we, we call ourselves team keen and everyone knows how this family will run so that in those moments of, you know, you know, those days, Something's over, you know, overflowing on the stove. The dog won't stop barking. The two kids are in the corner of the room fighting. Somebody else has just wet their pants and the phone is ringing. And (laughs) and it's like, you're just so (laughs) overwhelmed and you can just feel the stress rising. And oftentimes that can lead to the temptation to yell or to parent inappropriately um, just to get things to settle down. And instead, what we were able to do in our home through a lot of time and a lot of prayer and a lot of learning was to establish it so that I already know what I need to do in those moments. The kids know what I'm going to do. I can calmly say, everyone, please come to the front door. Because for us in our home currently, that is the most, um, the place where everyone can gather and is the most commonly. In other homes, it's been in other areas because it's Mm -hmm. where we're the most commonly. So then instead of, you know, what are you guys doing? Stop fighting. Don't you see there's crazy mess going on here? You know, we can walk to the front door and I can simply say, kids, what does the front door say? And we've already predetermined it. We've already worked through it. My husband and I were on the same page. We created, what is our home going to be like? What are our, you know, like our code as a family and practiced it with the children. And so by the time that we get done reviewing that, you know, my blood pressure is lower. They've quit fighting. Everybody's kind of had a reset. We can pray together. We can decide if there's going to need to be a consequence or a follow through on any of what has occurred. And it's just a much for me and Steve, it makes it so that we don't have those moments anymore where you're suddenly trying to come up with some sort of a consequence in the middle of stress and you can't think. And then it's a consequence that's really going to punish you as the parent. So you really don't follow through with it. And then the kids don't believe you anymore. So then they keep doing what you say not to do. You know, that whole cycle, right? Mm-hmm. In there, it really helps stop that too. <laughs> so that is one of the things that really worked well for our family and has been a total gift to our, our family. I, as you were talking, I was laughing because my wife and I, we didn't, we never called it that, mm-hmm. but we've always been on the same page. Yes. and. My, my oldest, he would, he's going to hear this and he'll, he'll laugh. But what's funny is that he would think he could go to one parent or the other and divide and conquer. And the the line we always use with each other is, well, what did dad say? Or what did mom say? And, you know, he would try to say something and I said, you know, I'm going to ask her. <laughs> so <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you, you better just fess up now because I'm going to ask her or she said, I'm going to ask dad and just verify what you're saying. So yeah. Um, how, how did you come about that? Because that's, that's an interesting concept, uh, that you were that deliberate with it. How, how did you come about developing it? Was that the military side of your husband's upbringing or what? I don't know. It was a long iteration over a decade and a half of trying to sort out as things got wilder and wilder in our home life with moving. And then with these diagnoses and these therapies, plus homeschooling and all the different things that were going on. And I was home because Steve was out working and 
we had to survive. Like we had to, you know, and we knew what kind of dream we had for our family. We knew what we felt like God had called us to as far as the outcome of the family. And it was more a matter of like, well, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. And so through, we purchased like every system we could find over these years, tried them all. (laughs) Nothing really seemed to completely fit. Eventually we also found ourselves at a neurodevelopmental institute And during that time, on top of homeschooling and therapies and everything else that we were doing, um, we also had a, now I kid you not, 90 hours a week. It was seven days a week from morning time when our son woke up to bedtime when he went to bed, where we were implementing various therapies that we had gotten trained to do. And this went on for three years. We took off Christmas day. Mm -hmm. And so during that time, we still had to raise our children. We wanted to teach them about the Lord. We needed to homeschool them. We needed to have a life with our family. And so we had to do something to basically systemize the the family life. We had to systemize the family dynamics. We And so we took everything we had learned from all of those years. And some of what we learned during that neurodevelopmental program, um, And we kind of mashed it all together. And finally it became this like, aha, you know, and we, it was like, oh, now we can teach this to other people too. And um, it has blessed our family so much. It just takes off that, that pressure because we already have enough pressure with special needs, with, you know, different, different aspects of this life that can can happen when there's things you didn't expect, Mm -hmm. even just grieving alone as a parent, grieving that alone can create this extra short temper, or it can create this, I don't want to deal with this right now. You know, there's different feelings and reactions. And instead of me having to battle myself when I'm having an emotional response to a situation, I can just say, wait, we already decided this and fall back on that. And it's very peaceful. My audience is not aware of this, but, (laughs) and you're, you're, you're smiling. I'm seeing you on video here. But I know that your day today has been less than normal. You've had some challenges today, but they probably can't tell. And I can't tell. You've got it all together right now. But earlier, there was some things that were going on. You don't have to elaborate on what they were. But how how were you able to flip the switch and go from what was chaos to now being able to calmly talk about all this? Because I applaud you for being able to do that. Thank you. It's because the children who are right now watching my profoundly disabled son while my husband's at work, um, they actually are so used to this systemized life as well, that -hmm. it allows us to bend and flow and shift. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know, I guess it's like learning to fly, right? You just kind of get used to it and then you can, you can manipulate or maneuver. What's the right word? It's like art, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You're navigating it. Yeah. Navigating. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. And so, um, yeah. And not only that, but I really just, I do enjoy these conversations. It's why it is a calling that God Mm -hmm. has given to my husband and I, and why over the last three and a half years, we've very intentionally set out to learn to share with other families, what has kept us married, what has kept the children from being bitter, you know, what has kept us from, though I will tell you very clearly, I have burnt out way more than one time. 
Um, but I've had doctors say, oh my, you're, you know, this or that in your labs look like you should be in a wheelchair and I'm not. (laughs) And it's (laughs) really, truly, um, you know, and it's because we have been able to fall back on these systems that help Mm -hmm. our family flex when we need to flex. What I find fascinating here is that you have more than one child that has a special need, but these systems obviously are working for children who have their own set of challenges. Yes. That I find that amazing because, and I hope that is encouraging other families that it it doesn't fall on just you and your husband. You're a, your fa- family is a dynamic that's working as a unit. And I think that's encouraging to know that these systems can be taught and can be embraced and even utilized by children who have their own set of issues to deal with. So that that's really a cool thing to to hear from from your family and what they're able to do. So that's how how long did that take to kind of get them to to buy in and then start to implement these for themselves? Uh, because they were here iterating through the process with us, you know, they, they had the little steps that we had been making. Um, I think when we finally put together the whole thing, it took a few months and we started out with no, no consequences. It was a, okay, team, here's what we're going to do. We always made sure they were heard. We made Mm -hmm. sure that we talked with them and that we heard their hearts and that they had a say in it. They didn't get to make the ultimate decision. We are Mm -hmm. the parents in charge, but we are a team. And so we treat them as teammates like we're the coaches they're the team players (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. you know everything is also looked at with them developmentally appropriately not age appropriately that is also extremely key in any kind of of home environment system teamwork make sure you're looking at where the person is developmentally because that helps us to adjust our expectations and that way one of the things we did learn at the um neurodevelopmental institute that they impressed upon us so much that's blazed in my head is joyousness, joyousness, joyousness. When you are dealing with children with, with challenges, and it is one of the most difficult things for a parent who's exhausted to do, but the way that you will get the quickest results with children is to always layer in much like Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar, have Mm -hmm. joyousness wherever possible, wherever possible. And so, um, that's been a huge part of helping the children adapt quickly and getting this to be our norm. And it does not look perfect ever any day, Mm -hmm. but we don't expect it to. And so that is also why it works. (laughs) Okay. Well, now I'm hearing that you're empowering your children to embrace these things and use these things. Have they verbalized to you that because they bought into this, they feel like they're a part of the solution? Do they feel that way? Okay. Absolutely. In fact, our oldest, who's now 19, um, when he was barely 13, actually asked, could he be involved in the neurodevelopmental courses? And these were not for wimps. This was two 12 to 15 hour days in a lecture hall, taking notes, listening to things all about child development, neurodevelopment, et cetera. He wanted it. Even though we were like, honey, you've got to do your homeschool and all this. He's like, I'll get it done. And he did. So our children have um, chosen to be involved, but we've, we've always really tried hard to impress upon them because we believe that God wants families to be a team and doesn't mean a perfect team. It's not, you know, rainbows and sunshine and lollipops, Mm -hmm. right. But just, we roll up our sleeves for them and 
where it's developmentally appropriate have had them do the same thing. And then it just kind of became part of them. Okay. Probably a terrible explanation, but I think no, no, no. I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. It, it's making a lot of sense. You, you went through the neurodevelopment program, mm-hmm. but you just mentioned God. And I, I know you're a Christian, Christian family. How has God helped you in this process? How has scripture helped you in this process? We do not think any of this would work without God. Okay. Because it shapes everything. I mean, sure. Anyone can implement a system and actually make a system run without Mm -hmm. God. But the joyousness we don't believe can happen without God. And we were not at a Christian neurodevelopmental institute, by the way. Right. (laughs) We have a leg up because we do have the encouragement from scripture and the beliefs and our viewpoint on life and the value of each child in our home is very deeply shaped by our belief in the word of God. And so um, actually a whole lot of what's on our door that is part of our family government actually is scripture. (laughs) Okay. Another cool way to also help teach the children scripture um, in a positive light. Well, that's, that's good to hear because if God is at the center, we both believe we can all do all things through Christ. Yes. We can do all things. And when we try to do it on our own, that's where we get tripped up. And so having God at the center of all this is helpful. You mentioned when we started this discussion that um, there are times when children, special needs children can resent each other or the marriages don't last. What are some things that you've done, I guess, first of all, for your marriage? What have you done to ensure that you stay committed to each other through all this because it can be a challenge because speaking from adoption trauma perspective, it can be a challenge. Yeah. So we've learned little things and it's all been very little, like little drips in a bucket. So looking at love languages, that has been important. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to understand basics of personality type, just so that we can speak each other's love language more efficiently. Um, We are not usually all that great at it, but I'll tell you what, knowing what we know, boy, does it help. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, The the other thing has been that long ago um, when our son, before he was born with the stroke, we had been in a parenting class and, you know, just getting ready. And one of the things that we remember them talking about, we don't know if it was class or another set of parents in there or whatever, but was just spending time every single day together after work. And so we always did, we would have couch time. So he would get home. He let me know he was coming home from work. I would heat up tea water or grab a snack or whatever. And Mm -hmm. we would, even when the little ones were tiny. And so they would be in the same room with us, but they knew this is time for mom and dad, you know, unless it's really an emergency, please, this is your playtime. Here's your basket of toys and books and whatever. Um, And then now we'll walk every day, every single day we walk sometimes, well, almost always three, three miles a day. And just spend that time talking together. And sometimes we have the kids come along and we'll do family walks. But for the most part, kids know that's our time. Even if we pop our profoundly disabled kiddo in the stroller and push him around, we do that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes the other ones will will keep him. Um, but we just have to prioritize little moments for us. Sometimes that's just taking the trash down to the end of the driveway before trash day. <laughs> and just little things. But that's one of the things that is important for adoptive parents too especially I call adoption trauma 
I hadn't really thought of it before talking with you, but adoption trauma is a special needs yes, it is. Uh, situation. And one of the things when I've talked to other people uh, was suggested, make sure you go on dates. And I, I remember saying to the person, said, what's a date? <laughs> because you get, you get overwhelmed with, with life and going through these challenges that you forget, forget how this all started. It started with two people. It started with us and we forget. There's something else too, that I just popped in my mind that I want to say too. Um, it's really important to realize in those moments of stress, when the couple, for example, is maybe miscommunicating mm-hmm. which a lot, especially when there's all these other stresses around us to really instead try to focus on the person's intent. Is your spouse really someone who is the way that it feels like they right now are, you know, and Mm -hmm. to kind of back off, like let the emotions kind of pass and then really look at the intent of that person that you love. You chose that person. You chose to marry that person for a reason. Get back to that reason and really look at that person's intent. And for us, helping to keep each other's intent in mind has also helped us to give grace to one another because there has been a lot of grace needing to be given in the midst of all the stressors and learning about how to care for these kids. I mean, there is no handbook for how to raise an adoptive child or how to raise a special needs child or how to raise a special needs adoptive child. There's no handbook. Mm -hmm. So we are going to fail a lot. I've known in our own situation that I've needed a lot of grace for my Mm -hmm. wife. It's been a challenge at times. And she would say the same thing. It's it's been a challenge, but we've also said we would do it all over again. Even knowing what we have gone through. And I, I feel safe in asking you, would you go through the, would you do it all over again? Knowing what you've gone through. We would. And we have talked about that many a time that mm-hmm. as we walk our laps around our neighborhood, you know, had God told us ahead of time, it's a good thing he doesn't do that because right. we probably wouldn't have picked it then. But now with everything we've learned and knowing that this was his plan, which I have a lot of questions for him, like when I get there someday in heaven, Lord, why <laughs> you allow this kind of thing? But, you know, I, I really would because we have learned so much and we believe that it's part of his purpose for us that we are to take Mm -hmm. what we learn and try to share and help other people that's i believe the healthy mindset for something like that because instead of saying why me you know why not me and not that it's there are challenges and there are challenges that can get you down but uh again hearing what how you've navigated these challenges i'm hoping that uh, adoptive parents can go, okay, these are some things that I can start to implement in our family to make it more manageable. That's the, that's the key is to have some default things that you can come, come to a understanding on when things are calmer. And then when things escalate and get a little chaotic, you you have something to say, okay, go to your corner or go to the door, whatever it is, you know, you can start to do those things. So these, these have been great ideas. Uh, What I like to do in each of these episodes is to give a daily doable, some starting point for the audience to take away that they can begin to implement. And uh, if you reflect back on your life as a parent of a special needs child or children, 
what would be the th- one thing that helped you the most along this journey? And maybe you've already answered it, but just for reinforcement, what would be that one thing? I think there's probably two. So do you mind if I share two? They're brief. The daily doables. That's fine. We're okay. good. <laughs> so the very first one is just grace. Knowing that God is pumping grace into your life and into your house. And therefore you can pump it back out, give it to yourself, give it to your spouse, give it to your kids grace just freely given. It doesn't mean that we let it all be a a madhouse, but do it all with grace. And the second one that sounds a little off because I'm like talking about family dynamics and all of this, but it's been key and foundational to our, to a big part of our success with implementing any systems is really looking at the base root causes Like, like you were able to figure out about adoption trauma and it took you guys so long to get there. Like really start just talking to people and look, is it, is your kid being, if if it's bad behavior, for example, but is it really that they have low blood sugar? Is it that maybe they're allergic to the dye in the food? Is it that there's something they can't have dairy and it's, it's triggering some of these behaviors or some of these symptoms or some of these challenges that are creating now a more difficult dynamic in the house. So start looking for root solutions, root causes, root, you know, um, for us, that has been so imperative. And with one of our children, we have seen progress that literally we were told never was going to happen. And with another of our children as well, of course, I wish and hope and pray we can get even more than we're getting there. But there have been so many things that have come from investigating below the surface, not masking a symptom, but really looking for what is that root cause physically, biologically, physiologically. And um, again, the Neurodevelopmental Institute we went to, that was a huge piece. I showed up there very equipped, already knowing a lot, but it was very confirming to see how much they teach families that as well. Because when you need to have a family that can function when they're really struggling and having a child who's struggling, you know, supporting not just a child at that cellular level, but the parent too, Mm-hmm. really, really important. And it will help you then to do more when it comes to teaching your child, calming your child, having the system set up to parent your child. There's so much to that. That's so valuable. So that, those are great about. answers. <laughs> no, that those are great answers in asking questions and getting to, there's a book I'm thinking about the bottom of the pool where there's truth, but there's the real truth. It, something can be true, but it's not necessarily the truth. And when you get down to by peeling back layers and layers and asking questions, you can start to really understand what's going on. So these have been great. And I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to my audience. I know they're going to want to to hear more from you because we just skimmed the surface. We just barely touched a lot of things that can be dealt with a lot deeper. How can people hear more about you, uh, where they can contact you. Can you share a little bit about that for us? Yes, absolutely. So my, my best place is my podcast, her home and heart, um, which is on all the platforms. And then the second place, if you like, you know, to see all the, I love to put out coupons and fun freebies. And I, I just like to do that kind of stuff. Um, but that would be Linktree slash family success. So it looks kind of spelled weird. It's linked with EE slash Mm -hmm. family success. But for those people that don't know that, um, I love to put free things there. And like I said, coupons and goodies. Well, and and don't worry if you can't spell it because there'll be a link in the show notes. So (laughs) we'll we'll cover all that there, but uh, 
thank you so much for being on here. And I really appreciate uh, people like you and your husband who have have a difficult road, but you're doing it with a lot of grace and you're doing a wonderful job. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you. Oh, and Tim, make sure your listeners know to come and hear you on my show soon too. I will put a link to that as well. So thanks again, Katie. Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I really appreciate Katie coming on the show and sharing her family's story with us. There are unique challenges with parenting special needs children. But as Katie showed us, when you put the right systems in place, your family can function, your family can thrive, and you can live the life you dreamed of creating. Make sure and check the show notes out for the different ways that you can follow Katie. And make sure and listen to her podcast, Her Home and Heart. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, this is Tim, encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.